My name is Zack, and I play the Half-Elf Wizard, Alaris Geldreen, a special legionnaire of the Pandominion. You're listening to Advantage. episode in number 039 as the party chatted at the makeshift tavern outside Letris. Alaris was spotted by his old weaver's school bully, Leovold Deldrich. Long story short, Alaris agreed to meet Leovold for a lesson in blade singing and agreed to a breakfast date with the bartender tomorrow. Later that night, as everybody was having a good time with Grimton's old friends from her dearth, the Ormain brothers agreed to share the real story of why they fled Greysunder. They are members of the Red Capes, a criminalized group of revolutionaries acting against the king. After drinks, the party finally arrived at the squalored camp of the protected remnants, where the survivors welcomed them as heroes. And that's where we'll pick up. Picking up again as Yesrik and Falhide lead you away from the crowd, right? So the crowd disperses and you hear the lightened attitude and merriment uh, disperse with them. This tent is out in the forest more separated from the rest of the protected remnants for privacy. They've been sharing a simple lean to Yesrik and Falhide and have strung a canvas fly between the trees with a table underneath. Fallhide goes to one end, standing up on a stool in order to lean over the table, limited by her small halfling physique, but showing serious control. Yesrik goes on the other end, standing with arms crossed in a silent, listening way that he's known for. When the twins came and told us that Cyanidel and, and the Rock of Visions were planning on marching on Letris, we didn't know what to do, and we haven't told the protected remnants in order to preserve the peace and attempt some sort of stability. And we were counting on your return to bring some good news and a plan. What do you have? Um, well, <laughs> we're here, um, which doesn't mm-hmm. help a lot, but it helps some. The first part of our plan involves figuring out why we are not currently inside Letris. Well... Because the wise has ruled so, and we can't compete with that. That's just not how their government works. She has the authority. So we need to go talk to her. Yeah, because our only chance is to either run or to fortify this place and be prepared for the fight. And I don't think running is a valid option because we will be chased. Listen, uh, Yesrik, this is Yesrik speaking for the first time, I think, in this campaign. Um, (laughs) There are four nights until the new moon. 
you look up and uh it is nighttime by the way uh, <laughs> you are in the middle of the fifth night so after this there will be there will be four nights there are four nights until the new moon four nights to figure out a way to defend the protected remnants from slaughter not to mention the refugees from here dearth and the people of letras themselves and neither group have any idea that an army is approaching we need to figure out a plan and then I think with that plan we need to approach the wise with it. The I mean the the problem I see at first is if you approach if they already don't want you in there and you approach them with a plan and tell them about this impending threat and you're the ones causing it, why would they then extend help to you? So it's not wrong. This isn't necessarily their problem. We should have at least an idea of some things that we could suggest, though. Well, but even if we it have actually is their problem. No, even if we have an excellent plan, like they're not going after Letris. They're going after like, the protected remnant. They haven't made they any have no enemies reason to help us of the Tempest Oath. By not helping us, they're basically allying themselves with them. If they think they're the stronger side, then that would make sense from a tactical standpoint. You have to approach it in a different way, I think. You can't just go in there telling them that we need help because we're about to get attacked by a giant army or whatever. They're already pissed with us being here. I don't know if letting them know that there is an army coming to destroy us, particularly without some sort of plan to be able to counter it, will get us any good because we could go and we could show up but I reckon that she would just throw us deeper into the woods away from Letris. Well, right. If we want her help. I, that's I, what I I'm agree saying. that we should have a plan, but what Alaris is saying is that that might happen anyway, even with a good plan, because she has no reason to listen to us. Like, the best thing for Letris is to pretend we don't exist. We have four days, right? What did we say we spend the first day trying to be diplomatic again? Like, we haven't been in there yet. Maybe we can try to freshen up negotiations, try to just let them in independent of the attack, which sure is a little deceiving, but I don't think going in it with a direct approach is going to get us anywhere either. So I think that we need to get in there by any means necessary and then figure out the plan from there, as opposed to... So you're saying that we shouldn't tell them that, that the army's coming? Not the first, no, not, I don't think that that's our opening move. That feels a little dishonest, Dolores. Yeah. But that backfiring. I, I understand that it is a little dishonest, but I don't think that going in there fully open is a good plan either, if you see what I mean. Yes, Rick. Yes, Rick speaks. I feel like that that's a good way to have more enemies for us to fight. I think I agree. So you think we just need to go in begging and hope for the best? There is an, al well, an alternative. Begging with an idea of what there is to do but we don't know anything about letris and how they're equipped and how much we can offer them and aid and well like... we do know that letris has no standing military they only have a legion of wardens like us and have agreed to let us stay here and they're not going to be happy sending that those wardens out to on our behalf at least but alaris i think you're right we need to gather an idea of who we have and who we're fighting. So let's start with the basics. Who are our enemies and what can they do? 
Um, Out of character, this is a time where we actually, like, name names and align, like, what powers and portfolios go with each name and what we can, like, anticipate this battle looking like. Right. So, we have Elder Cyanadel. Yeah, and Melame. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have any idea if they're planning on bringing any of the Is Italian survivors? uh, Didn't one of Squadron 9 go with them as well? Yeah... I'm fairly confident we'll end up running into one of my wardens. But I wouldn't expect very many of the forces. I would think that even as divided as we be, they be, became, the East Italians wouldn't want to just slaughter their friends and family. Um, I don't know. I hmm. like. Let's hope that that's the truth. But honestly, I think we should prepare as if it's not. Sure, expect the worst. Hatred and bigotry runs deep and is dangerous and can honestly convince people to do things they wouldn't especially when there's people in charge of them telling them that it's a good idea if if the protected remnant is painted enough as the enemy you'd be surprised what some of our kinfolk will do but we can definitely count on the tempest oath to be there though we don't know their numbers what do we know about the tempest oath um give me history checks or religion checks i literally just okay oh, sorry more than that i'm gonna do also 17. Whoa. 22. 13. Dang, son. Uh, 18. Dang, that was a great roll from all of you. All of you remember that it was a Tempest Oath that summoned Stormhawk at the Italian ruins. See? Um, at least twice. So they did it in like episode 012 where there was like the big old flood and stuff. And then... There was a time where you like actually fought Stormhawk, who was yeah. present in the uh, Shelter of Spirit. So they obviously have some sort of power to manifest that spirit. And Morlinde, you remember their presiding, the Rock of Vision presiding druid has a young oak who's really the, like the champion of the Tempest Oath, whose mm-hmm. name is Valnot, V-A-L-N-O-T. They summoned Stormhawk twice, which means that they'll probably summon Stormhawk again. So we can count that against us. Well, didn't something happen to Stormhawk the l- the last time we saw it? Don't you I got remember? got a lightsaber last time we saw Stormhawk. He was wasn't was he just we... still angry and he wasn't gonna stop being angry? No, that was the vibe I got. The last time we saw him and we fought him, we also fought. Didn't we kill no, Stormhawk? Well, we fought some Warforged and. When they were fighting Stormhawk, something happened. He at least vanished, and we haven't heard or seen him uh, seen him since. Yesik says, "I'm sorry, you fought who? Warforged. Grimton, you want to explain? I'm rather surprised you haven't run into them, as far as you've come. But they're King Graysunder's uh, military creations. They are uh, metal and steam and." fire brought to life essentially some claim they are sentient i see them only as programmed to do grace under's bidding and they are restless or rather they need no rest they need no food they know only the commands of grace under if they're grace under's army would we expect them at this battle uh, yes they well, very well could be here they could be but it's not like we know they're gonna be here. Uh, we have run into some, but um, they have no specific giving our proximity reason to the dwarves. Yeah, to 
Well, actually, I was going to say they have no specific reason, but actually the presence of the dwarves gives them a more specific reason. But that would... We very well could run into them. Huh? No, that, was gonna, that sounds like it would be more of an unfortunate happenstance less than um, enemies yeah. teaming up. I agree, because okay. if they do arrive, they're not on the Tempest Oath's side. It would be a separate army fighting separately. <laughs> Which, honestly, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, because that would mean, potentially, that they fight some of the Tempest Oath, but then also, that crossfire sounds terrifying. In the war, in the Warforges yeah. case, I'm going to always assume I'm a negative. I agree. <laughs> Our run-in with them wasn't terribly pleasant. Worst case scenario, this is the worst imaginable thing. What about Karis? If I remember Karis is gonna right, be there. I thought they were a bit of a wild card in that they, you know, they did what they did, but then they sort of washed their hands of it. I didn't think they were specifically involved with uh, those that went to the Rock of Visions. Correct me if I'm wrong. Morlinde, you remember that it was Karis whose voice you heard at um, at Trails End, uh, who spoke at the Place of Power at that little campfire. Um, yeah. Who retold the story of. Ever flame uh, and the cleansing forest. You you don't have. You, uh, Arc is correct in that there's n- no direct confirmation that the Tempest Oath. Kareth are working together. All right, I just have a feeling then. Let's assume they'll be there. What about the Rock of Visions pres- presiding druid? Uh, isn't that druid also a warrior? Uh, Ilrune Valric, I L R U N E. V A L R I C K. He's like the he's like the leader of the whole thing. It's not the whole city. It's not like a normal. Well, it's not like he's the Talos or this city where the presiding druid is just like council. He's he is the direct authority of uh, Rock of Visions. So I would assume that he would be here, or has a serious hand in command. From afar, which doesn't make sense. I would assume he's coming. Let's hope and, for the best and plan for the worst. Uh, I don't know. I can't figure out a way to prompt this in in character. So I won't. I'll just skip that uh, <laughs> uh, and just do it over the table. What about the rest of the circle of great duty? Uh... You think to yourself... <laughs> Regardless of how this goes, elders, this is not going to be pretty. Regardless of how this goes, we need to have an idea of what kind of not pretty we're talking about, says Yesrik. As people that are from this area, do you know how many people would are in the Tempest South? Like a rough estimate? Like, would, would you... Anybody in character want to give me an answer? Because Joe as a dungeon master does not have one. Uh... I mean, I've honestly never interacted with the Tempest Oath before this. I didn't even know they existed. Could I get away with saying they have 20 warriors? <laughs> Did you just roll an at 20? <laughs> Probably not. No. What'd you roll? A six. Ulrich, <laughs> you know that the your Squadron 9 of the Warden Scout... Uh, had what like six or seven total um and that is not considered any military force i mean the tempest oath is guys, considered one <laughs> however you want to interpret if that you think about 
like how many squadrons of wardens there are. And like we don't think of that as a military force. And there's like nine or so, and there's about six per team. So, so that's what fifty six. So. And well, but that's not considered a military right, force. Right. Right. Yes. So I'm like aware. bare minimum would be that many tempest oath. So but, so what you're saying is probably a couple hundred. Uh, I think that would be a safe bet, but I'm not a military person. Clearly, I'm a warden. I mean, it could be any. I I don't know. It could be anywhere from a couple hundred to a million, for all I know. It just seems more and more that the odds are just like actually thinking about it. It just seems more and more like the odds are stacked so high against us, and I don't know what to do. Well, let's think about what we have. I mean, so who are our allies, particularly the willing combatants? Um, willing combatants? You four. Us. You you four, obviously. Um, well, and well, for and willing then, combatants, that's basically it. <laughs> protected remnant is is not trying to fight; they just don't have a choice. And then probably the the dwarven refugees that are between us and them are probably quote unquote willing combatants. Yeah, because where else are they gonna go? Do they know this? We can tell them. I can tell them. So let's say we've got them. Let's say best case scenario, we've also got all the willing and able from the protected remnant. Which didn't seem to be many from yeah. the description. So you four, an ambiguous number of dwarves, us two, says Yesterick pointing at himself and Fallhide. You four, uh, he says pointing at our NPCs. All real Filburn and Rinlim. Um, I believe we might have the assistance of the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. Do. I don't know exactly how many there are, but presumably Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Wait, hold on. You're talking about the sprites? Yes. The wonderful, fantastic sprites, whom we love very much. Yep. We love them. How did you convince the sprites to be on ours? We helped them steal from the hag. Yeah. There was that. All real turns away. Yesrick says... All right, so who else in the protected remnants would be willing to fight? I want to let's name um, some names. I mean, all the rest of the warden scouts, I would assume. Uh, Phil and Rin. Um, Phil looks at you and says, "Yeah, I've already been named, and also I'm right here. You don't have to talk to me to talk about well, me like I'm not us four. also standing around this table. I'm literally, I am standing right beside you, Alaris. <laughs> all right, you're not invited. <laughs> all right, fine. You're I'll invited. Be I reinvite you, Alaris. Stop it. I don't know if my parents would. Uh, yeah, they'd probably fight. I feel they don't like, have any training. I feel like Brabuk would also be down to protect his home. And I'm sure we could, you know, give a general call to arms and people would come. Neavan. Didn't... Neavan. Didn't she... Didn't she leave with uh, Cyanidel after her family was killed? Neavan, Neavan has traveled with us for some time, and has seen seen the error of her ways to use a tired phrase where is she now she's still on the boat huh. she's around did you say boat uh presiding druid uh i thought she was yeah. in the boat more a barge what do you mean barge <laughs> oh uh 
so Nia Van has been captaining a barge and floating us up the river. Can we arm this barge? Says Yesrik. To do I feel like what? earlier we talked about making it fly. Arm it how? I, I mean, it's it's bound to the river. All they have to do is not be near the river. We talked about uh, like putting catapults on it too and slinging potions from it. Yeah, we we have tried to do. We've thought about a lot of things, but I I do agree. To make it fly, we with Ulrich. That I mean, it it's pretty easily avoidable as a threat unless it can fly. What if we could, like, bring it on land somehow? Now, this would be a tall task. It would provide us with some sort of, like, losing the word for it, but... Or, says Elder Fallhide, or what if we just ensure that the target that the Tempest Oath want is next to the barge? Ah... Do you think the barge would be better or than Letris? what if the protected remnants are on the other side of the river and there's the barge between them? Letris goes on both sides of the river. Well, they'd have to go through Letris to get mm. to then, right? They could go around Letris. That's a long walk. I don't know how. I don't know. You're how right. Big They've only is. come this far. That would definitely be too far for them. Letris is a city of healing, and if the world healer saved us once, I'm fairly confident that the spirit would be willing to do it again. Alric visibly scowls. If we could get in the water, would that protect us again? I mean, I guess it's worth a shot. I don't much fancy the idea of counting on the spirits. Yeah, I could, I could pray about this. I'm sure somebody would help me out. Morlinde, give me a religion check. Why do I keep putting my dice in there? There. Uh, 17. While you're thinking about spirits, you're, and you're thinking about the powers that these spirits have, right? What's in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. And you remember the first time Stormhawk was summoned? Where they literally caused a flash flood's worth of rain? Yeah. So what would happen if the people are in the river during that? And you also think about Everflame. Oh my god. And the way that Everflame can control what burns and how quickly. You remember that Everflame destroyed all of East Italian territory within a couple hours, but spared the circle of the land, and number two, like, went right up until the very edge of what is considered East Italian territory. So it's very deliberate with what burns. So I'm thinking about what I've seen spirits do in the forest and i'm assuming that stormhawk is probably gonna show up but he's probably not gonna be on our side and i also know that when he shows up he may he brings a ton of rain and it's like literally angry rain and if the people were in the river during that that would be really problematic so maybe we should get everyone uphill but also i just need to be really careful about this um is everflame done because isa talos is burned or is everflame going to show back up because that could well, be problematic i think that so that that's another question entirely like if we assume that we're going to have to face stormhawk i i don't want to imagine the world where we have to face stormhawk and everflame so yeah, i i would like to mess. not even consider that an option if, if we can think of it that way because i feel like if that happens we've probably already lost 
Yeah, that's true. Well, isn't it foolish not to consider that option then? Says yes, right? If we're gonna prepare for the worst, then let's prepare for right, the worst. Alright, so you want the absolute worst. That they have, that they yeah. have 5,000 plus members of military <laughs> force coming to, to kill us with Warforged and two spirits. That's probably the worst case scenario. We have what? Yep. A thousand probably able-bodied people, most of which probably aren't weapons trained, with like a few hundred dwarves that know how to use weapons but are not really looking to fight for us, with a city behind us controlled by an old lady who doesn't like us for some reason, with no military force even if they wanted to help us. That's the worst case scenario. That's what we're facing right now. How do you survive that? Hey friends, it's Joe. Uh, it's episode number 040 of Advantage. I love the intensity of these scenes as the party is forced to confront the very real deadly situation that the protected remnants are in shout out to our patreon supporters who keep making this show possible uh, their funds go a long way in helping us better the show and make it a more feasible project the patreon group me is full of good things and it comes with some perks uh, if you're feeling generous love the show and want us to do a better job at it it would be a great deal of help if you could contribute over at patreon.com slash advantage dnd or find a link at our website on the Switch series, Jazz from The Misadventures is making progress editing the dungeon she ran with Sarah from our show and Sully and Kayla from How Friends Roll. That episode will eventually go up on the How Friends Roll feed after Season 4 airs. Huge news on that! HFR Season 4 begins releasing every week starting on July 10th. I've heard the teaser and I am so excited. Sully has put a lot of hours and hard work into finally getting this out. He's stoked for it, and I am too. Follow them for more updates at How Friends Roll. Um, Dark Silver Forge is still offering discounts to Advantage listeners. They have stunning zinc alloy die sets right now. Uh, Steven is rolling with their Cthulhu Gold, and Yessie has bought the Dragon Steel set. Those dice are five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic die, and they are so cool. I'm jealous of them. I keep buying their newest set. It's called Shadow Rogue. Beautiful copper. Jeez. Uh, Go see for yourself at darksilverforge.com and use the code ADVANTAGEDND, no spaces, all caps, and receive 10% off of your purchase. Um, find us on social media. Everything under the sun we've got is ADVANTAGEDND. Um, other news that we've got, Steven is trying out his hand in competition and working on developing some new music for us to add to our portfolio, which is so cool. I've heard some boss music that he's developing it's a lot of fun i love it i can't wait to put it on the show um finally because we're entering the end of arc one we're going to be doing a mailbag episode at its conclusion you've still got plenty of time to start thinking about the questions you'd love to ask the cast about the world or their characters we love all of it send those to our facebook twitter or to our email advantage dnd at gmail.com patreon members of the ten dollar a month and up clubs are or tears rather are invited to record with us as we discuss the show story and arc so that's fun if you want to get on that donate at patreon.com slash advantage dnd leave us a review on apple podcasts and all right let's get back to it thanks
What if we run? Look, uh, we we might all be East Italians here, or or you know people who've grown up in this forest, but the Pandominion might be a place where we can get citizenship. Uh, yeah, it would be a gamble to try and make a dash for it. We start now; we're four days ahead of them, potentially more if they have to get here and then turn around. But so far, it's sounding like staying is absolute doom, and the chance of potential doom doesn't sound so bad. Um. Realistically, the Pandominion is going to be of no help to us. Their primary focus right now is the northern uh, engagement with Kolgafir. Their southern border is, for one, not well manned, but also, like I said, not their priority. They'd rather avoid any conflict there. Also, they, they are in a position where they're not even in necessarily a good position to help themselves, let alone help upwards of a few thousand people find a new home and like it it just doesn't seem feasible for us to just try to hightail it there and hope for the best i think that we're just going to have to figure out a way to make it work here as much as it disheartens me to say that mm-hmm. um that being said i just feel like if we keep running they'll just keep following maybe we can send word to lieutenant colonel try and maybe we can get some help from the southern readout. Ooh, that'd be yeah, nice. That 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 is a good idea. We need to send that hope. That has to happen today. We have four tonight. We're four days out. All right. Can you send um, a raven from? Is a raven First of all, enough? They're crows. Crows. Second sure. of all, <laughs> there are, there aren't crows this far south. That's only in Isitalos. Rin, who's also there. We don't have access to them here. And they don't have access to them there. So I don't know if that would really help. Does anybody have, like, sending? Didn't we use our scroll of sending? Alaris, uh... give me a arcana check or a history check. We rolled check. a net 20. Nice. Hell yeah. You remember that yesterday when you were talking to Maylin, she mentioned that Leovold, your rival, was trying to deliver something to a pair of weavers to be delivered up to presumably the Azure Keep, but she didn't know the name of it. So you know that there is somewhere a weaver's presence within Letris, and with a nat 20, I'll say, you remember that there's even a weaver's guild, though small, a weaver's guild presence here as like a a station that you could use. I'll send word as soon as I can tomorrow. I remember, um... There's a there's a Weaver's Guild in Letris, so I'm sure I can use the facilities there to get a message out to Lieutenant Colonel Try. Fallhide is looking exhausted and disheartened and says, Morlinde, are there any other spirits you know of that might be able to aid us in some way? Well, we ran into Little Dragon a while ago, and they seem to like us. <laughs> I'll help name some other spirits that you've encountered there's the watcher who is a fairly passive voice in this whole thing and you've also ran into uh alric's mother bear and local spirits like the one that attacked the centaurs in the charmed river right oh Um, yeah so you know that there are are like not rogue but unaffiliated just spirits that happen to be in the forest you also remember blood cousin a spirit more typically invoked when talking to disparate groups of 
people that like primal spirits <laughs> right. of, of spiritual people that's true give me a history check or a persuasion check or a religion check uh 17 uh religion as you're thinking about ways that you could invoke blood cousin you think that you might be able to use blood cousin to help convince the wise of the spirits that i could pray to that we haven't already pissed off i was thinking about blood cousin because they are a spirit of of innovation and kind of of creation and ideas and i think I could use that to relate to the wise, especially if the uh, presiding druid of this part of the forest helped me as well. Oh no. Fallhide says, are we going to have to worry about presiding druid Penthala, who you know to be the name of this presiding druid over Letras? Um, Do we know where they stand? I mean, they, seem, they seemed they seem sympathetic. sympathetic to our cause. He doesn't have a whole lot of sway, but he he could help. Maybe get me an audience. Yeah, is that a, is that a problem? Fallhide? No. No, that's great. Elder Yesrik, hearing all this and hearing this kind of lull in the conversation, says, all right, if we're going to have an audience with the wise, we need to figure out something to do. Where can we expect violence, and how will we protect the non-combatants? So questions that I want to qu- hold on questions that I want to like helped prompt are like what areas are going to be specifically targeted and who are going to be specifically targeted what areas are mostly going to be wiped out and uh, and how can you protect the people well the tempest oath is specifically concerned with non elves and would likely attack those as combatants or non-combatants alike. I think any elf elf non-combatants might would be okay if they surrendered. But uh anyone that's that's not an elf is is I don't think it matters. Uh, they're a combatant whether they want to be or not. Um mm-hmm. all of the non-combatants need to be in the most in the safest location, just period. Uh for the time being seems to be letrous okay so what areas are going to be wiped out do we need to fear that letrous will be destroyed and therefore also destroy the protected remnants it's Mm. hard to say what the tempest oath will do because they are spiritually based so they might be less inclined to destroy a place as important as Letrus. Letrus is a spiritual city, and there's a healing river here that is at least important to them. Hopefully important enough that they'll leave it intact. I think they might try to cut us off from it, though. The Tempest Oath are a fanatical group. It, it doesn't seem that they would be in the business of taking prisoners. Basically, the ally of their enemy is their enemy. I think that if I'll, if Letrus allies with us and things go south, then Letrus is probably doomed. Mm-hmm. That will be the wise's argument. I think I agree. I, I do think it would be a good idea, hopefully our best bet, to keep non-combatants safe inside, well, as safe as possible inside the city. How can we convince the wise 
that that's what we should do. I was going to say we can assume that they're coming from the north because they generally had to come from the north. Uh, not necessarily. They could they could come from the east. They could technically surround us given enough time. I pulled up the map. There's this big body of water, and it looks like it would more be slightly more natural to go from the Rock of Visions to go south and then east directly to us as opposed to around the tip and then down to the southeast. Unless they went by East Italos on their way down to like make sure there was no people just hanging around. In, in that case, they would be approaching us from the northeast. Either way, I think it's in our best interest to have a scout perimeter. All of these plans need to include that, so at minimum, we at least know when they're here. The, the hundreds of the thousands should be keeping an eye out for them and testing their supplies on them. If we can get in contact with them, we should get a more accurate representation of what we will be facing in the future. I just don't know how to get a hold of them. It seems like they always get a hold of us. Yeah, Orlando. <laughs> I feel like we could get his attention if we tried hard enough. He's a smart. <laughs> he's a he's a smart guy. That's a stretch, but let's go with it. But the, I mean, but then what? Like, so Letrus, it's it's not a fortified location. Correct. We're not battle ready. Correct. But so fortifications would be part of the plan presumably we would need to fortify something but how something else yeah and you can get non-combatants to do that but also like how how long does building semi-legitimate fortifications take well four days because that's what we have yeah i feel like any is better than none so we build until we can't do we know anyone who is practiced in building fortifications in any way grimton yeah, um, I oh, think wait, wait, wait. we can help it with called? that. We learned this word a few episodes back. Castimentation. Yeah, castimentation. Building fortifications. Oh! We do know someone! Oh, shit! Surprise. Uh, yeah, you actually know somebody that's very good at oh, building. Oh, well, we really gotta get somebody at the readout then. It's the, uh, the, the, the... Yeah, Lieutenant, um, Colonel, Lieutenant Eric Colonel Eric Atrai. Yeah. Alright, so we need to talk to the Southern readout now. Like yesterday <laughs> like we should have brought them with us for real so we'll fortify um we need to start training every able-bodied individual how to fight i well, think our best shot is gonna be bow training honestly it'll be emotionally and mentally easier for them to shoot arrows long distance at somebody than fight them close up it's also one task that could potentially strike down foes Whereas hand-to-hand -hand combat is a little more complex. And you don't have to be accurate if there's a large number. Ulrich and Morlinda, you both know that there is already a, a base skill for people to add on to and, uh, with Isitalis. People grow up knowing how to shoot a bow. Like you're in the middle of a forest. Yeah, it's, it's pretty a, standard. A, yeah, it's, though it might be like for hunting purposes, it's people know how to use a bow. So if you can get bows in the hands of these people... That's a serious force. So we should, that should be a task, is creating makeshift bows out of... Bows. We need bows. Bows and arrows. Fletching is mm -hmm. a must. So that sounds like we have a plan. So we basically, we're basically deciding that we have to tell everyone what's coming, and there, there's going to be widespread spread panic at that point, right? Yeah. Like how, is that something that you want me to do, says Fallhide, or... I mean, you or Morlinde, probably. Maybe both. I would feel comfortable doing that together i don't want to just like show up in this blaze of glory as we did and then crush their spirits 
delivery some terrifying news. Yeah, I would. I would like a little support. We need to talk to the dwarves as well. Grimton seems like he would be very well suited for that. Yeah, I can definitely handle that. As Fallhide summarizes all of this plan, he looks up at the sky, says, "As of tomorrow morning, we have four nights." to prepare for this. But right now, I need sleep. I agree with the elders. We need rest. Tomorrow's gonna be a long day. Are the six of you staying here tonight? Uh, uh can uh, we? Yes. Of course you can, presiding druid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have you make camp in this area with us instead of being in the muck with everybody else. Thank you. Um, Alaris, you remember that you have a date in the morning. True, I, I didn't forget. <laughs> Like along with that episode though is the one with the nematodes, and and that oh one my gosh. <laughs> is also hysterically funny. And my favorite part is right at the beginning because do you remember that episode where SpongeBob house his house yeah. gets eaten by nematodes? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So here's what happens though. So he's like in a panic and he calls Squidward who is still sleeping, and then he goes, "Is it time already for SpongeBob to ruin my day?" And then sure enough, he says yes. But then, then Patrick comes out of his rock and he's like, is it time already to, ru- to ruin Squid's day? And like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that one just like really spoke to me. Because that's how I feel like my students <laughs> sometimes. They're like, yeah. ooh, I don't know what's happened today, but I'm going to make Mr. Sivils' day really terrible. Literally. Is it time already to ruin music class? Miss Zimmerman, Mr. Sivils, would you, do you want to name names on this public forum? Absolutely what not, because mean? that's uh that's a HIPAA or FERPA, whichever one we are. HIPAA, we're HIPAA. Wait, whose names? Student names or mine? Teacher names? Student names. Absolutely oh yeah, not. nope. Call gross, them the heck out. A gross violation. And if you ever hear me name a student, I am making up a name like every time because I will. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be able to say a name even if it's nowhere close. Yeah. Like Harold. Or Yessie. Yeah. All the bad people are named Yessie. <laughs> um Y'all ready to play Dandy? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. How far away is the southern readout from Letris? Like miles wise. Uh I can't give you miles, but I can give you days sure. wise. That would be more useful anyway. Yeah, it's about a week away walking. Okay. Uh if you had gone nonstop, it would be four days by barge. There, and then another four days back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you had a fly, if if only you had a flying ship, God, that would have been useful, huh? Yona. So can we like still do that or no? <laughs> it's yeah, a little late now. Next, <laughs> uh, that side quest is currently tabled. 